I want to read to you from the Gospel of Luke, the sense in which this introduces the Christmas season because of its position in the Gospel of Luke that starts out with uh, the birth of John the Baptist or the prophecy concerning him. And then this is Thanksgiving week. And I think about what we should be thankful for. It seems to me that the greatest fringe benefit of being a Christian is prayer. And I suggest that this Thanksgiving, we thank God for the privilege of prayer. But so many of us take it for granted and forget what we asked for and then are surprised when it's answered. I want to read to you now from Luke chapter 1, beginning with, with verse 13. And so, Zechariah was troubled when he saw the angel, and fear fell on him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the children to the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I'm Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent. The King James Version says, struck dumb and unable to speak until the day that these things are fulfilled because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their season. May God be pleased to bless the reading and the preaching of this, his most holy and infallible word. Amen. Brief word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I ask now for the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus by your spirit to rest upon every mind in this place in order that their perception of what I say will be received as you intend. Cleanse my tongue, that I will be your transparent vehicle to pass on everything that needs to be said, nothing that doesn't need to be said. Help me to be clear and simple. And I pray that this will be life-changing 
and a word that brings great honor and glory to your name. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Are you ready for answered prayer? Or are you thankful for answered prayer? Or let me put it to you this way. Have you ever been thankful for unanswered prayer? Do you know what it's like to want something so much and you don't get it? And then eventually you think, I'm so glad that God didn't answer that prayer. Tell you a story. Years ago, when we were still in London, I get a Christmas card from an old girlfriend. I hadn't seen her in years. I don't know why, but she sent me a Christmas card. And uh, I was surprised, and I sent her one. I said, nice to hear from you. And uh, so then she wrote back and said, if you're ever in our part of America, I'd like to see you and your wife. I want you to meet my husband. Well, <laughs> the truth is that years before, when I was in high school back in Ashland, Kentucky, she was the prettiest thing you ever saw, ever. And I used to think, if I could only have her. But she took no notice of me. She kind of looked at me like a brother. You know, that's nothing like being told you're a brother that really enhances the male ego. You're like a brother. Uh, but, it was, but then I, I forgot about her. And then I get this Christmas card, and I said to Louise, I said, you know, we are going to be in that part of America. Uh, why don't we go by and, and, and meet her? And, and Louise is beginning to feel a bit nervous. And, but okay. So we set the time at this Holiday Inn restaurant for breakfast. And so I go into the Holiday Inn, and I'm, I'm looking for this most beautiful girl. And then a voice right here says, hello, R.T. I said, hello. You know, I prayed for her. The funny thing was, on the way to the restaurant, I'm not making this up, I turned on the radio and there was this country western, you might remember years ago, called Thank God for Unanswered Prayer. It was about a man who was jilted by his sweetheart, but met her years later and saw her and said, thank God for unanswered prayer. I had no idea that would be prophetic. <laughs> and so I see her, and I looked at her, and I looked at Louise. <laughs> and I thought, thank God for unanswered prayer. <laughs> but that can happen. But now, here's the thing. Let me ask you this. If the angel Gabriel were to appear to you and say, your prayer has been heard, would you know which prayer it is? Would you think, oh, good. Or would you think, prayer, which prayer? I think of this, this. And I can tell you, in my case, if the angel said that to me and said, your prayer has been heard, I would know what it is because it just happens there's something I've really been praying for. And I wouldn't know what it meant. But when he said that to Zechariah, Zechariah said, prayer? What prayer? Well, says 
Gabriel, you and your wife Elizabeth prayed for a son. Oh, that prayer. Well, that was 25 years ago. And I'm an old man. And have you had a look at my wife lately? Can't be. Well, Angel says, all I know is that I've been told, I've been told to give you the news that your prayer's been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will conceive and bear you a son. You'll call his name John. And Zechariah wanted to argue with an angel. I, I think if Gabriel appeared to me, I'd believe anything he said. But <laughs> Zechariah said, just not possible. And then says, Gabriel, I'm sorry about this, Zechariah, but before I go back to heaven, I've got an unpleasant duty to perform. You're going to be struck dumb and not able to speak because you don't believe a word I've said, but it will be fulfilled. Well, now, what I want to do is show you two principles concerning prayer. Principle number one, any prayer that is prayed in the will of God will be answered. Here's how we know. In 1 John 5, 14, John says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Now the word hear uh, is based upon uh, Hebraic language, uh, the word shamar. Every Jew knows the shamar, hear, O God. The, the, hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one Lord. And so to hear in Hebrew means to listen, to hear. It also means to obey. So when a translator comes up with the word shamar, he's got to decide you've translated obey or to hear. It could be either one. It's like you say to your child, did you hear me? So that if they hear you, they're going to obey. Well, what this means is, if God hears you, he's going to obey your request. It's the best news you can get, that your prayer has been heard. And that's what Gabriel is telling Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. But he's, it doesn't make sense, says Zechariah. That was years ago. And Louise and I, Louise, she's here. For, <laughs> sorry about that. It's the first mistake I've ever made. She, Elizabeth and I prayed. That was 20, 25 years ago. There's got to be a mistake. But here's the principle number one. Any prayer prayed in the will of God will be answered. But then there's a second principle. The shape answered prayer takes is determined by our readiness at the time. And so here's what the angel Gabriel says to, to Zechariah, your prayer has been heard, but I'm sorry. You're going to be struck dumb and not able to speak because you don't believe what I've said. And so not believing doesn't mean the prayer will be aborted. But not believing can determine what it's like when God does answer the prayer. Now, here's the thing. When John said, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. But then he adds another if. It's 1 John 5, 14 and 15. 
The first if, if we ask anything according to his will. The second if, if we know that he hears us. That's a big if. First if, praying in the will of God. Second if, knowing you pray to the will of God. If we know that he hears us. Well, what we find out is that two different things. It's possible to pray in the will of God and not know it. This is why John adds, if we know. That's a big if. And it's a wonderful thing. But to be honest, I don't think that happens every day. To know that you've been heard. I would think most of my own praying, I trust that I prayed in the will of God, but I can't say that I know I've been heard. You may say, well, R.T., if you were more spiritual, you, you would know when you're heard. Well, what about the Apostle Paul? I think he was spiritual. And he says in Romans 8, 26 and 27, he says sometimes we don't know what to pray for. Our spirit groans. Uh, but the, the Spirit intercedes with groanings that cannot be uttered. But if only we could know what the Spirit is saying, because the Holy Spirit intercedes according to the will of God. Uh, if only we could pick up a divine telephone and hear the intercession. Think. Well, I remember years ago, we lived in Salem, Indiana, out of the country, and many of you are too young to remember what it's like to have a party line. But we lived out of the country in Indiana and there were eight people on our party line. So when you pick up the phone, you're lucky if you got a dial tone. And often you just had to wait. One day, I picked up the phone and I heard somebody talking and they were talking about me. And, but I just gently put the phone down. I didn't like what little bit I heard. But my point is this. Suppose you could pick up a divine telephone and you can hear the Holy Spirit interceding for you according to the will of God. And you hear that and you think, hmm, well, oh, that's the will of God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. But you see, Paul says that doesn't always happen. He doesn't know what to pray for. And the point is that Elizabeth and Zechariah, right after they got married, prayed for a son. And they probably did it day after day after day, but it would seem that after a year or two, two or three years, they just figured God's not, not going to answer that prayer. They didn't know that the first time they prayed it, in heaven, they said, yes. As soon as they prayed for a son, yes. But God didn't tell them that. So they didn't have a clue that they were being heard. It's wonderful if we know that he hears us. But it just doesn't happen every day. And it happened to Zechariah and Elizabeth. They were heard. And then, lo and behold... One day, Zechariah, he's a priest in the temple. Uh, priests were chosen by lot. Uh, there were probably, some say 20,000, at least 10 or 15,000 priests at the time. But to be chosen by lot to burn incense in the temple was a big deal. 
I mean, it was a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And Zechariah was chosen to burn incense. And it was such an occasion. You know, they bring their relatives and their friends, and they're witnessing the occasion. They're having to stand outside the temple, but they want to know what, it's, what was it like. And so the moment has come. And he's burning incense in the temple. And that's when the angel Gabriel shows up and gives them this amazing news. But because Zechariah wants to argue with the angel, the angel has to say, I'm sorry. But before I go back to heaven, I've got an unpleasant duty to perform. You're going to be struck dumb and not able to speak. And what's interesting, as I say, even though he didn't believe, it doesn't stop it. The prayer is still going to be answered. But the shape it took was determined by his readiness at the time. You see, what we learn from this, that you should never, ever stop praying. Just because you feel nothing, just because there's no witness, just because you don't know that you've been heard. God sometimes just doesn't let you know. Now, the question is, why? Why doesn't he let us know? Well, you tell me. However, I've got a theory. I've got a theory, and the theory is this. Well, let me tell you another story. You all know Jay John. He's been here a couple times. He's a friend of mine. And in London, he would come to see me once a month, and uh, we would just chat. And one day he said, RT, I've just come back from India, and I can't wait to tell you what happened. And he tells me about preaching in India. He's told, uh, now, J. John, when the miracles start happening, uh, we will know what to do. He said, what miracles? Oh, you'll see people healed. And J. John said, well, I, I'm, I don't know what to do. Don't worry, just preach. And it happened. J. John said, I watched arms outstretched right before my eyes. He said, nobody in England is going to believe me. He said, I saw the blind healed. But then what was interesting, he said, I keep hearing about a Sister Teresa, not Mother Teresa, Sister Teresa, who had unusual words of knowledge. And uh, J. John said, any chance that I could meet her? They said, well, maybe. Well, a day or two later, they bring this little lady up to J. John and said, this is Sister Teresa. Oh, J. John says, look, we have heard about you. If you've got any word for me, I'd love to hear you. Said she turned around and walked away. And J. John said, I thought I offended her. But 45 minutes later, she came back and had a list of 13 things. And he said, every single one of them was spot on. She told me things that nobody knew but me. And I was amazed. And then number 13, she said, God likes your company. He wants two hours of your day from now on. Goodbye. And she walked away. She never saw, he never saw her again. And he told me, he said, RT, I'm going to do it. And J. John started praying two hours a day. It was after then he began to see great revival. He preached in every cathedral in England. He preached to the royal family 
in one place, revival broke out in the Bristol Cathedral, made the front page of the New York Times. All because God likes his company. And I would say to you, do you realize that when you're praying and you don't feel anything, it's a test. I, I will tell you why I think God doesn't give us that assurance very often. It's because if every time we prayed, our prayer was answered, or we get assurance, we wouldn't spend time with God. We would just say, thank you. <laughs> I'll be back with another request. Thank you. And he doesn't let you know because he likes your company. And the only way he can get your company is when he hasn't answered your prayer. In Luke 18, Jesus gave the a parable of the widow, the importunate widow, who would go to the judge every day and say, avenge me of my adversary. And the judge finally said, I'm sick and tired of this woman bothering me. I'm just going to give her her request. And then Jesus said, how much more will your heavenly father do for you? Because he loves you. The unjust judge doesn't care about anybody. How much more will your father answer your prayer? And then Jesus closed the parable with these words. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Now, that's an interesting verse, probably referring to the second coming, but why is that question put here? I think it's because it's a question, if you've been praying, when the Lord does answer, will you be found believing at that time? Or will you be like, Zachariah and Elizabeth, who gave up. Well, I come now to the second principle. The shape answered prayer takes is determined by your readiness at the time. And so the angel Gabriel said, I've got to, this unpleasant duty to perform. You'll be struck dumb. And so after the incense is burned, and Zechariah and Elizabeth go out. And they, they greet their friends. and They all want to know what was it like. And they say to Zechariah, tell us about it. And he replies, He's humiliated. He's not able to speak. And he has to write things down. You see... God listens to our prayers and he wants us to take our own prayer list and our prayer lives seriously. The reason for this sermon, be thankful for answered prayer, but be thankful for the privilege of prayer. And I think I would put it to you like this. Think of that prayer request that you had two weeks ago and you stopped. Two years ago and you stopped. What if you could go back 25 years? And you say, oh, well, yeah, 25 years ago. I, I gave up on that one a long time ago. What if God hasn't forgotten? I remember preaching uh, in Jerusalem some years ago at the garden tomb. 
And uh, a couple came up to me from uh, Edinburgh, Scotland. And they said to me, do you recognize us? <laughs> I love it in a crowd of 1,500 when people you haven't seen in 20 years comes up, do you remember us? I said, well, I'm not sure. Oh, well, you preached a sermon called, Are You Ready for Answered Prayer? Yeah, I can believe that. It's a sermon of mine. So, well, you preached in Edinburgh, Scotland, and we were convicted by your sermon because when we went home, we realized that we had stopped praying that we would go to the Holy Land one day. So that day, we started praying that, Lord, let us go to Israel, to the Holy Land. And they said, here we are. God answered our prayer. Fancy meeting you here. Well, it's just part of God's style. He wanted to do that for them. But on the other side, there was a church in my hometown in Ashland, Kentucky, where this couple felt led to start a church. And people criticized them. It was a church they wanted to start in South Ashland. And people said, they don't need a church in South Ashland. Why would they want to build a church in South Ashland? People criticized them. But they found another couple to join them. And uh, they started meeting in a garage. And when their numbers got up to 11, people laughed. said, did you hear about the group in South Ashland? They had 11 people. And people laughed at them. But they prayed that... One day they might have a building of their own. Do you know what? A few years later, they built the most beautiful building in South Ashland. Whenever I go back to my own hometown, I say to Louise, see that? That's the church. It's still there. Church seats 400. But on the day of the dedication the man whose vision it was to start the church had in the meantime fallen into sin and bitterness and disgrace so that he wasn't even welcome to come to the dedication. And on the day of the dedication, the place was packed, cars up and down the streets. They brought in a top official of their denomination They said they saw this man drive by, but he kept on going. The man whose vision it was to start it, he wouldn't be welcome, but he saw the crowds. His prayer was answered, but the shape it took was determined by his readiness. He wasn't ready. I would just urge you, Take your prayer request seriously. What if when you asked in God's will and you weren't told and you gave up? Here's my advice. Until God says undoubtedly no, consider that the answer might be yes. And just don't give up. You know, I preached this sermon in uh, Isla Morada, Florida some years ago, when the sermon was over, this couple that were praying for a baby, 
He looked at her and he said, I bet you're pregnant. She said, I bet I'm not. He said, I bet you are. She said, I'm not. He said, I think you are. He was. They had a little boy and they named him Zechariah and they call him Zach. The thing is, God listens. He doesn't always tell us. But he wants to see how seriously we take our own praying. How much do you pray? And for this Thanksgiving, thank God for answered prayer. Thank God for the times he didn't answer because it was best for you. But thank him for the privilege of prayer. There will be no praying in heaven. But how much are you praying now? Well, that's an important question. What would you say if God showed up and said your prayer has been heard? My question is, are you ready for answered prayer? But now I close with an even more important question. Do you know for sure that if you were to die today, would you go to heaven, do you? If you were to stand before God, you will. And he were to ask you, he might. Why should I let you into my heaven? What would you say? Let's say it with the real thing. You're going to stand before God. And suppose you're there and he asks you that. It's the real thing. It's, it's not something we're imagining. And by the way, when you stand before God, I have to tell you, you'll stand alone. You won't have anybody with you to support you. No parent, no child, no brother, no sister, no friend to coax you or whisper the answer. And God says, why should I let you in? And there is a reason. And there is an answer. And there's only one answer. And give the wrong answer. It means you have to go someplace else, and you don't want to go there. Imagine right now, that question is put to you. What would you say? What comes to your mind? What comes to your mind? The answer should have come, because Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. It was in my reading today, that very question, that very statement. If it didn't come to your mind to say, because Jesus died for me, or the equivalent, I'm trusting the blood of Jesus. If that didn't come to your mind, I have to tell you, I wouldn't want to be in your shoes for anything in the world. But there's a reason you've come into Times Square Church tonight. That can all change. And I can lead you in a prayer and you can leave here going out that door knowing that you'll go to heaven. Just pray this prayer right now. You don't need to say it out loud. Say it in your heart. God will hear you. Lord Jesus Christ, I need you. I want you. I know I'm a sinner. I'm sorry for my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. 
Wash away my sins by your blood. I welcome your Holy Spirit into my heart. As best as I know how, I give you my life. That's it. Did you pray that prayer? Did you? Did you? Here's the thing. Are you ashamed that you prayed that prayer? Why do you ask, R.T.? Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. If you're not ashamed that you prayed that prayer, I'm going to ask you to do something. You hadn't counted on this when you came in. But I'm going to ask you in 10 seconds to stand up because you prayed that prayer. You're, you're not ashamed of it. You say, in front of all these people, yes. Jesus said, if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father. I'm not going to ask you to make a speech. But just stand. Five, four, three, two, one. Good. Yeah, remain standing. Remain standing for just a moment. Now, it's very possible that some of you that stood were converted before tonight. And you heard the gospel and you grabbed it. And you did the right thing. But it's also possible that some of you standing, you've never done anything like this before, never prayed a prayer like this, never openly confessed the Lord. I want you to know what just happened to you. The Bible says you've just been born again. Happy birthday. God bless you.